Hey everybody, I'm Beth Davis and welcome to Teachable Tuesday. This is week three of our last series of the spring before Blessed Is She takes a Sabbath rest for Lent. And I hope you will too. We're going to talk about that a bit more today. That's what this series is all about. We're prepping the soil of our hearts to get ready for rest. Okay, so let's turn to God uh, in his word and in prayer and ask him to help us do just that. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to hear your voice, to know and believe your word, to feel your gentle presence and to experience more and more of you in our lives. We want to be faithful to you, Jesus. We want to abide in you. We want to live according to your word, not the ways of the world. So lead us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest is still open, let us take care that none of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For indeed, the good news came to us, just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said, as in my anger I swore they shall not enter my rest, though his works were finished at the foundation of the world. For in one place it speaks about the seventh day as follows. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place, it says, They shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains open for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he sets a certain day, today, saying through David much later in the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not speak later about another day. So then, a Sabbath rest still remains for the people of God. For those who enter God's rest also cease from their labors, as God did from his let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one may fall through such disobedience as theirs. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow. How many times have I read that verse, those verses in preparation for today, and just even now reading it, I'm, I'm convicted in my heart about something new. But that's for another holy hour, another time. Okay, <laughs> on to today's Teachable Tuesday. This past summer, I had the absolute joy and privilege of being a bridesmaid in my dear friend's wedding in Ireland. <laughs> She's an American who had lived there for about four years and now she was marrying the love of her life, an Irishman, the dream, am I right? So I took a long vacation because how can you not? I mean, it's Ireland in the summer, how beautiful. And I visited um, some friends who lived in Scotland as well. It was a glorious two weeks. 
In my working life, I don't think I've ever taken a two-week vacation. I've never had that much time all at once just off, taking a break. And by God's grace, I was able to enjoy it. I really mean that. It took God's grace for me to even get the time off and, and get away, get things in order, in order to go away, and then to be there and to be present and not back in America, not in Arizona, not in the office. I didn't worry about work or my family or really anything. For those two weeks this summer, I just enjoyed my life. I was present to the people I was with and I soaked up the beauty of those two countries. I was so happy exploring new cities and walking in gardens and going to pubs and catching a rainbow on the beach, celebrating my friends and laughing too loud over these long lingering dinners. I just lived this beautiful life, my beautiful life. And here's the thing, my life wasn't beautiful because I was on a fabulous European vacation. I instead discovered the beauty of my own life when I slowed down enough to pay attention to it. And my friend, can I tell you, you have a beautiful life too. You have a beautiful life and I want you to enjoy it with God. I know there are some of you who may be going through a hard time. You might be in a season of particular or profound suffering. You may be drowning in the chaos of life with little kids or barely hanging on with your mental health. Maybe you're perpetually stressed about your job or caring for aging parents or taking the next step. What is it? But the truth is this life, your life is beautiful. It's a gift. You are a gift. I'm not talking about the circumstances of your life. I'm talking about your life. The fact that you exist is reason enough to thank God and to celebrate for the rest of your life. You are a gift. Your life is beautiful. And Sabbath rest helps us to live that reality, even in suffering, not only intellectually, but experientially, to experience the beauty of our own life, the beauty of Jesus in the present moment, our everyday life. Now, in Mark chapter 6, Jesus does something incredible. And in true Jesus fashion, it's counterintuitive. The disciples have just come back from their first missionary tour. He sent them out just a few verses earlier, but now that they're back, they are pumped. They've got stories to share and victories to relish. And I can imagine they have a lot of questions. This was a scary thing, a big thing. They went out without a staff or a second tunic with no money. And now they're coming back with all of these glory stories. And in response to all this energy, Jesus says something surprising. Jesus does something surprising. This is verse 30, Mark chapter 6, verse 30. 
the apostles, gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a deserted place by themselves. Wow, again, the scriptures are so rich. This is not in my notes. I didn't plan to deep dive this, but my goodness, they had no leisure even to eat. I, I think we can all relate to that, like just being so busy, so stressed from one thing to the next and, and you're just snacking or you're eating standing up. But the word leisure there really draws me. It really captures my heart. They had no leisure, no space, no margin, even to do something as necessary as eating. After a season, uh, a period of intense missionary activity, Jesus invites them to rest. Practically, they need to rest, okay? Their bodies are tired. They've been traveling. <laughs> Emotionally, their hearts are tired. I'm sure they were rejected or de dejected, right? Discouraged. Not everyone, I, I, I'm guessing here, received the gospel. They did have to shake the dust from their sandals, right? In the words of Jesus. Everywhere they went, we don't know if they were greeted with a hot meal or what, what their lodgings were like. Did they sleep under the stars or did they stay in people's homes? We don't know, but we can imagine the, the energy, the risk emotionally uh, it took to go on this missionary journey. Their minds are going a million miles an hour. If you've ever shared the gospel with somebody, you're like, uh, where do I start? What do I say? You're listening to them, but you're listening to the Lord. I now, this is me just entering into the gospel and imagining their experience. But maybe most importantly, their souls need rest. Because the truth is, God is doing much more in them than he even did through them. The same is true for you and for me. What he's teaching the disciples and us is that it's not possible to sustain this kind of effort, this level of energy, this pace, this much responsibility without rest. And as we talked about in the first week, rest is synonymous with faith. We cannot sustain this life at this level without rest. And where do we find rest? In prayer. Because without rest, without prayer, we become disconnected from the one who calls us on mission. The one who gifts us with skills and talents and people to serve. Without rest, the rest of faith, the rest of God that we read about in Hebrews chapter 4, we start believing that it's all up to us that we can do it on our own, that we're the master of our own fate, that we are our own personal saviors. This is dangerous territory, but this is what happens inevitably when we don't rest, when we don't pray, when we don't enter into God's rest. In short, we forget God. 
This was the hazard of the Israelites, right? Without Sabbath, uh, Sabbath on Sunday, Sabbath as in the command, but particularly Sabbath rest, entering into God's rest, we live separate from God, separate from his life-giving grace, which we cannot live without. Last week, we talked about a lifestyle of rest made possible by entering into God's rest on Sabbath, that is Sunday, every week. But there are times when we must come away and rest a while. To put down the plow in the field that God himself has entrusted to us and let him do the work himself. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that a paradox? God called us to this field, to your family, to your workplace, to this season in your life and in school, to these relationships. And yet there are times that the very gift that he's given us, the field that he's entrusted to us to care for as stewards, he asks us to step back and allow him to step in. He wants us to rest, not only in the field, but in our hearts. Now, this Lent, blessed is she, is heeding the invitation of Jesus to come away and rest a while. And you're invited to. Taking a break, a, a more substantial break, is biblical. It's not just for people in ministry. It's for all of God's people. It goes all the way back to when God was rehabilitating his people the Israelites, after years of slavery in Egypt. In the book of Exodus, the Lord commands his people to rest, to relearn reliance on him, not only spiritually, but practically, physically. And I would argue, I don't know that you can rely on the Lord, learn to rely on him, trust him with your life and your people and all of your concerns if we don't actually physically do that, if we don't have an experience of it. It cannot be only intellectual, can't just be an idea. It has to be lived. This is from Exodus chapter 23, verse uh, 10, verses 10 and 11. And this is really um, at, at the bottom level, this is what Blessed Is She is responding to, the mandate that blessed is she is responding to in this hour now eighth year. We were a little slow to be obedient to this word, but really all in God's time, he, he made a way uh, for us to follow him this year through this verse. For six years, you shall sow your land and gather in its yield. But the seventh year, you shall let it rest and lie fallow so that the poor of your people may eat. And what they leave, the wild animals may eat. You shall do the same with your vineyard and with your olive orchard. So this Sabbath rest, letting the land lie fallow, it applies to every aspect of our lives. Everything has to rest. The land, the animals, uh, the vineyards and the orchards, most especially the people. But let's start with the land. Why does land have to rest? Why do these trees and vines need rest? What about the soil? 
Well, when we work the soil, when we harvest from the orchards and the vineyards every year, year after year, it takes energy, right? And if we, if we zoom in, if we examine even just the soil for a moment, every time the soil is producing and, and giving life and uh, nourishing the vines, the trees, the branches, bearing fruit, it's stripped, it's giving of itself those life-giving nutrients. So in order for the soil to, to rest, to be replenished, the soil needs to rest so that what's been stripped of the soil can be replenished, so that it can make up those nutrients. And the same is true of people. The same is true of the soil of our hearts. If we've been working this field in our hearts, giving and serving and loving and doing season after season, year after year, the, the nutrients, the tenderness and the richness become exhausted, become depleted. Not only that, in a very real way, as the Israelites allowed the land to lie fallow, they learned to depend on God for what they would eat for caring for their livestock. They entrusted their whole livelihood to him. And that's what we're doing here at Blessed Is She. That's what we are doing by entering into this Sabbath rest. We're letting the land of Blessed Is She lie fallow just for a season, the season of Lent. And we're allowing the soil of our hearts to be replenished, to be nourished again. We cannot live without rest, and we definitely cannot enjoy this life, this gift from God without rest. But most importantly, we cannot abide in God without rest. So you may be wondering, what does this look like practically? Okay, so for Lent, Blessed is She is taking a break. And that's what I'm, I'm here to invite you to do too, to take a break. For us, that means Jenna and I will be on sabbatical. We are taking a break. The ministry uh, won't be posting on social media. We won't be sharing new blog posts or recycling old blog posts. We won't even be sending out our beloved daily devotions because we need to rest. And as we prayed about it, as the Lord unfolded this vision this call, we understood that the writers too needed to rest for eight years. They have prayed with and labored over and poured their hearts into these daily devotions over 2,000 days in a row. There has been an email in your inbox. Our writers need to rest. And let me tell you something, sometimes we don't even know how much we need to rest, but when I tell you that, 2,000 plus days of daily emails, that takes a, a toll, even if we're not feeling it yet. It takes a toll. And my friend, we're taking this Sabbath rest because you too need to rest. It sounds crazy, <laughs> I know. It's scary. I want to own that completely. We're trusting the Lord to provide for us, for all of you, and to sustain the ministry. But ultimately, it belongs to the Lord. 
It belongs to him. We belong to him. You belong to him. Of course, he will sustain us. And ultimately, it comes down to obedience. What's on the line are are these questions, these life-defining questions. Do we believe the word of God? Yes. Are we willing to heed the voice of God, not only in the word, but the Holy Spirit speaking in our, in our hearts, convicting us that we need to rest? Are we willing to heed the voice of God? Yes. Do we trust God? Yes. We trust God. This is what it comes down to. The answer is yes, the field of blessed is she belongs to the Father. He is the vine dresser. We are only the vines. The fruit is up to him. And this Lent, we're giving him back the care of his own vineyard. It's always been his, of course. But in a very real way, we're laying down the plow. We're taking off the gloves and we're letting him do what he wills. Believing that the wine will be richer. The field will be healthier and more beautiful. And the harvest will bear lasting, eternal fruit. Do you want that too? Then come and rest a while. Come and rest with us. Take a break this Lent. Let the land of your life and your heart lie fallow. Take a break from doing and striving and worrying and controlling. Now, I don't know what that looks like for you. You have to ask him, but it could mean pruning back social media. It could mean going to bed earlier to get actual rest. It could be drinking more water, you little vine. <laughs> We're taking care of ourselves. We're letting our bodies rest. It could be exposing yourself to the sun, S-O-N, too cheesy? I'm, I said it. Exposing yourself to the sun in Eucharistic adoration or being nourished by the word of God. It's not about doing more, okay? We talked about that in the last series, but all of these disciplines that I just tossed out there, all of these examples and ideas, um, they accomplish one thing, the one thing that God is inviting us to this Lent, the one thing that God is commanding us to do, and that is to rest, to rest. And not in some super spiritual or abstract or fluffy way, real rest, is going to hurt. It's going to be hard to say no, to prune back, to step away. And it will take preparation, okay? There's a work needed in order to enter in to rest. But this is too serious. This is, is dire, in fact. You need to rest. We need to be rehabilitated. And when you enter into the rest of God in faith, he will take care of you. He will take care of you. Sometimes it takes radical, a, a radical act of faith to learn that. But my friends, he will take care of you. In fact, I would argue it always takes a radical act of faith in order to finally learn to live 
in the reality that he will, he does, he wants to take care of you. He is taking care of you. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen, Jesus. Thank you that you're so faithful, you're so good, you're so generous. You know what's best. And you care for us. So Jesus, we entrust this Sabbath rest to you, this radical Yes, we make an act of faith right now to enter into your rest this Lent. We especially entrust, blessed is she, we re-consecrate, blessed is she to you, Jesus, through Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. I can't wait to hear how God is inviting you to rest. See you next week.